You are watching VidGold. And now... From Wicked Fair. This is the Condor. Features. Hi, this is Freddy here on Saturday at uh, Wicked Fair. And I'm here at the Museum of Curiosities and I'm with... Professor Badger. All right, and we're going to take a nice little tour around? Absolutely. We'll take a tour through histories and uh, strange oddities. Walk this way. All right, let's go. Welcome to the Museum of Curiosities. My name is Professor Badger. I'm going to give you a little bit of a tour about all of our magical curiosities and strange oddities from the eight corners of the globe. We can start over here with our... Oh, Lord. Let's start with our lotus flower shoes. If you were into tiny little bound-up Asian feet, that's what you'd wrap those puppies in. And you'd end up with mutated children's feet, and they would grow into handicapped, crippled, adult human feet. This is not fun. This is not pleasant. Let's move on to something much more pleasant. How about a chunk of John Wilkes Booth, assassin of President Lincoln? We have got a chunk removed from the back of his neck. It's on loan from the National Museum of Health and Medicine. And, um, yeah, we have it on display here. Uh, one of our latest acquisitions would be Tiny Buddha. Now, we were at a very expensive Ripley's Believer Not Museum, and they had an enormous million-dollar Buddha. And I thought a million-dollar Buddha would be a wonderful thing to have. But we're not for profit. We don't have a million dollars. So I said, little museum, we should get a little Buddha. No, no, let's get a tiny Buddha. And after doing a year and a half of research, we found the world's tiniest Buddha. Now, before I show you the tiny, tiny Buddha, I want you to understand how he came to this country. He was smuggled from a Tibetan monk under the eyelid. The monk tucked him in, and that's how he got him through customs. You see, the monks, being persecuted for years for their religious beliefs, had to shrink down their religious iconography. And being a monk, you had a lot of free time on your hands, so they shrink down the art and craft of carving. And we present to you here Tiny Buddha. He's seen through the viewer sitting on a penny. He's the size of Lincoln on the back of the penny, and I'm hoping to God he shows up on that screen of yours. Mm -hmm. Tiny Buddha, tucked underneath the eyelid of a Tibetan monk and smuggled into the U.S. of A the world's smallest Buddha. The latest acquisition to the museum is a piece of human scrimshaw. You heard us right. The ancient art of carving bone, usually well bone or well teeth, um, well, this is carved human bone. We don't know a lot of history on this piece, except it has been authenticated. It's not a beautiful chunk of scrimshaw, but it is human scrimshaw. There are only nine on public display in the world, and the Museum of Curiosities has the only one on display here in the United States of America. It's a lovely picturesque scene of a ginormous whale eating a whaling vessel. Yeah, it's not the best example of scrimshaw, but you get an idea of where it comes from on the human body. Here at Wicked Fair, we're proud to present the first public appearance of the Boys from Budapest. You'll see here a set of conjoined freak twins joined together at the chest. The poor little bastards didn't have a chance. We don't know much about them. Uh, they were not naturally born or, well, they weren't, it wasn't a vaginal birth, if we can say that. These were cut from the mother's womb, uh, probably after she died trying to give birth to them. Uh, they're a very recent acquisition. We don't have a lot of history on them either. You can see that they're in pretty good condition with the exception of some shattered arm bones. And you know what? Because you guys are special. We'll give you a better view. Blair, I hope. Boys from Budapest, um, conjoined at the thorax. There's a shattered arm and a few fused bones, but for the most part, this is what we got here. A sad, pathetic freak of human nature. The Museum of Curiosities, you are free to create your own whim and whimsy. 
when you have your own museum, you can curate it any way that you see fit. I thought it'd be fun to start with historic hair. Hair that was interesting to me, and I think it's sort of a bizarre collection, but that's what makes it funny. We have hair from Richard Nixon, uh, we have a lock of hair from John F. Kennedy, and the hair that comes from Elvis, we actually have authenticated. The rest of that hair lock was sold for $2,500 to the Rivers Museum in New York City. Uh, part of the Provence of this, I've got copies of the checks. The story was very interesting. Elvis at the time had a gate guard. The gate guard had a wife. He also had a girlfriend. The girlfriend showed up at the gate, pregnant, having to pee. She and her girlfriend did the pee-pee dance for a while, saying, let me in, let me in. The guard said, I can't. King's home. Well, they bitched and moaned and had to pee, so they were let in. And they took a pee, did what they had to do, and then when they came out, they saw on the floor of the guest house, which doubled as Elvis's hair salon, he had his own barber chair, hair all over the floor. And they realized that it was Elvis's hair, they jumped to the floor, swept it all up like a bunch of crazy animals, and uh, saved it, wrapping it up in little glassy envelopes. They sold a chunk of it to the Ripley's Believe It Not Museum, and we have a small, small sample here at the Museum of Curiosities. And we've had government inspectors in inspecting our artifacts who were not able to tell us um, the truth on everything. So yeah, we have some creative uh, replicas, but for the most part you'll see authentic items. This is an authentic carved Tibetan skull. Move your microphone. Come on, camera guy, get in here. Appreciate this. I'm personally fond of all fine Actually, the cat head comes to us from our family collection. Uh, long convoluted story, but my, let's call it great-grandmother, sort of step, long story. Um, she lived in Salem, Massachusetts, home of the famous um, Salem Witch Trials. And her family home abutted one of the court complexes, and there's a common way through the basement. Now, I'm not going to say that the old broad was sneaky and maybe stole something that she shouldn't have, but one could surmise that she went to her basement, tiptoed across, and took something. Because when we received it, it obviously looked like a bit of evidence. It was sealed, wrapped one direction in copper wire, the other direction in a red satin ribbon, and a big, very theatrical blop of sealing wax on top. Now, the reason for all that sealing was to keep out the bad mojo. As you all know, you can't just kill a witch. If you kill the witch, where does the spirit go? To her kitty. And you can't just kill a kitty now, can you? You must cut off their head, sever it, have a ritual, and then seal it up in a lead-lined glass box. Well, we cut off all the ceiling. We cut off the ceiling wax, the wire, and the room to make a much better display, and we'll let out the bad mojo, because we don't care here at the Museum of Curiosities. So this is uh, the severed head of a witch. Now, do we believe in witches? Maybe. One of the latest acquisitions here at the museum is the Vampire Killing Kit. This comes to us, um, a long convoluted story, made its way across from Europe, very, very recently came into our permanent collection. Now, we can guess that vampires aren't real. We can make that assumption. But why do we have a genuine Vampire Killing Kit? I thought Vampire Killing Kits were just a crock. Angry goth kids wearing black, selling them on eBay. So I found that it was either Sotheby's or Christie's auction house recently auctioned off a vampire killing kit. I did a little bit more research before making this acquisition. And they're real. Now, really for killing vampires, we don't know. But were they real artifacts of the day, made to either prey upon someone's sensibility, um, take care of someone who's a little bit worried about a situation, or maybe just a and make a souvenir? Um, we're not sure. But by looking at this one, which is a relatively complete kit, it's missing something in this corner, but what we find striking is the religious iconography here, here, and on the mallet, and on the, um, the rosary here. Very consistent, of high quality, 
Even the steel syringe, I'm sorry, has been engraved. So this was either made for or made by a religious organization. Either way, I find suitably frightening. It comes complete with a silver-tipped spike, garlic everywhere. And we know this to be garlic, we know that there's salt, but there are objects in here that we have no idea what this tincture is, what it was for, it's unlabeled, and we broke the cork trying to find out. But it's a pretty complete kit, complete with crucifix, candles, um, silver bullets, pretty much everything you would need to kill a vampire, if you believed in vampires. Now the reason why the Museum of Curiosities has a deadly black widow spider, but well, we came across a great poison ring that was used uh, World War I access by Beverly Schwartz. She was known as the Black Widow. And Beverly was regarded as one of the most successful assassins of her time. Beverly managed to kill at least 43 agents of the Allied Special Forces before her death in a transatlantic steamer from, pa from Paris. It was only after her death that the secret to her murderous ways was finally discovered. See, Beverly was found dead in the berth of her ship when it arrived in New York. And in her stateroom, there were several boxes, each containing one black widow spider and one ring with a secret hidden, oops, secret hidden compartment. The idea was the spider would find the secret compartment in the poison ring and lay its eggs. Now Beverly, through proper timekeeping and record keeping, was able to know when the egg sac was ready for use. Blackwood would use the ring to secretly deposit the egg sac into the clothing or in the bed linens of her intended target vessels. Making her escape shortly after the egg sac was released, thousands of hungry spiders separated by time and distance from the crime, Beverly was able to elude capture for several years. Now, an investigation revealed that Beverly fell ill during her trip and was unable to tend to her many spiders. <coughs> Having lost track of the hatch dates, she was unaware that the egg sac stored nearest her bed would hatch and attack her in her sleep, ending her life in the very way that she tried to kill others. So it's kind of a nice little story. Goes around, comes around. So we found this great poison ring at auction, and the joke is now you can find a cheap repo on eBay. We found one of the original ones taken from her stateroom. We thought, well, if we're going to have an authentic poison ring, let's have the authentic poison. And there's our Black Widow spider. She's been traveling with us for about a year now. She likes to hide the shadow.